Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. It is early on June 30th, Friday morning. Sun is not up. It's only four o'clock in the morning and I've got an early start today. I've got a breakfast meeting and some stuff to do at the hospital and a whole bunch of interviews uh, for the book. We are getting close to book launch for Hope is the First Dose. And if you're new around here, I'm Dr. Lee Warren and this is the Dr. Lee Warren podcast. And we talk about several things here, but they all relate to how we can use the neuroscience of our brains and the faith that we have to find hope even when life is really hard. So we use neuroscience and faith to talk about doubt and fear and pain and loss and grief and and all kinds of things in your life and just how you can get your brain in order to deal with any kind of situation. And after the book comes out, after a while, we're going to switch and have some some months maybe dedicated to the ways to use self-brain surgery in other parts of your life that aren't related to hard things. How do you get your finances in order by changing the way you think about them? How do you improve your relationships? How do you do better work? How do you find the things that you're passionate about? Well, it's all come, it all comes back to self-brain surgery, learning to think about your thinking, learning to, learning to harness the power and operate the system that God gave you in between your ears. And it's going to be a lot of fun. But for now, we're getting close to my book launch. Hope is the first dose. A treatment plan for recovering from trauma, tragedy, and other massive things is available everywhere books are sold starting July. July 18th. You can pre-order it now. And we're going to have some really cool stuff for the pre-ordering folks. If you help us, and pre-orders help a lot, by the way, for that first week book sales, help the book to to sell more copies, to become more widely known, to be seen on things like bestseller lists and all of that, which helps more eyeballs get on the book, basically. And pre-orders count a lot towards the first week sales, so they're very helpful. So to... Thank you for pre-ordering the book. We are going to be giving away a whole bunch of resources that go with the book, and we'll have links for you soon to click on those, and you can have lock screens for your phone or your computer. You can have some quote cards to post on your social media to help other people find out about it, and you can have a playlist that we made on Spotify that's some good music that you can use while reading or while journaling or thinking about the elements and themes from the book, and it's just a lot of a lot of cool stuff that the publisher and I and Lisa have put together together. <laughs> put together together um, and just to, to try to entice you and encourage you to pre-order the book and that's okay if you can't but we love for you to buy a copy um, and then share it with your friends so the book is coming soon but today I'm going to do the second in a series of talking about some of the characters and themes from the book and today there's a lady named Tina Tisdale that we're going to talk about a couple of weeks ago we did an episode called Anthony Walker is hammered and there's a guy in the book named Anthony Walker who got hit in the head with a hammer and it cost him the ability to move his face on the on one side and he couldn't close his eye when you can't close your eye then your cornea will dry out and you eventually will lose vision because you can't stop looking and we talked about how we do that in our lives sometimes we can't stop looking at the things that are hurting us and eventually that that just focus and unrelenting gaze will cause the loss of the ability to see anything else and that's anthony's story well today tina's story is similar but very different in a couple of different ways and we're going to get into that in a minute i just want to remind you that you can't change your life until you change your mind And we're going to do that. Today, though, we're going to finish the episode after the outro. I'm going to give you a little music just to spend a minute to think about if you can't learn to look away from a problem. 
and look on to something else, something bigger, something more hopeful, something more helpful, then you're going to have a problem like Anthony did, like Tina did. And so I'm going to give you an Alan Jackson song. It's an old hymn, Turn Your Eyes on Jesus. And Alan Jackson did an incredible version of it. It's just stunning. And it'd be a great way to just worship and think a little bit about some of the things that we might need to look away from and look towards if we're going to learn finally how to start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Okay, we are back, and we're going to talk today about a woman named Tina Tisdale. Tina was a normal person like you and me. I don't know if anybody ever accused me of being normal, but Tina was a normal lady, and she had a problem. I first met her in the emergency department, and my friend John had called me to come down and see her, and Tina had had a brain tumor a couple of years before, a benign brain tumor called meningioma. And the cool thing about meningioma is if you're going to have a brain tumor, it's a great one to have often, because if we can remove it, then you're usually cured. It doesn't require chemotherapy. It doesn't require radiation. It doesn't always recur, and it doesn't usually cost people their lives. And so meningioma, if if you have to have a brain tumor, is a good kind to have because potentially it's curable. So Tina had had this surgery a couple of years before I met her, and she came to the emergency department one day with a complaint that she thought she could feel her tumor growing back. She felt a strange sensation in her head, some discomfort, and she just was convinced that her tumor was growing back. And we went under extensive workup. We did MRI scans, and I reviewed her records, and we did all kinds of testing, and and I spent hours with the radiologist looking and looking and looking, trying to see if there was something going on, comparing it to previous studies and all of that. And at the end of the day, the fact was she was in, she was really cured of her disease. There was no tumor left. There was nothing in her head that was any type of danger to her. The tumor was gone, and you would think you'd be excited about that, right? But she had something called post-craniotomy syndrome, and that's a not terribly common, but some people after brain surgery, they just never quite feel right. They, they have a sensation from their incision and inside their head, and they feel kind of headachey, and they just, they just don't ever kind of feel back to normal. But most people are able to sort of account for the fact that they're not dying of brain cancer or that their tumor's gone, and they're able to sort of move on with the idea that, yeah, I've got some residual symptoms, but I've, I've got a cure for my underlying problem. And that's okay for most people. But for Tina, 
It became this life-altering thing. She was convinced that there was something wrong, and she couldn't stop thinking about it. And it became the entire defining thing of her life, that she was just absolutely convinced that all the doctors were missing something that was going to hurt her. And that thing became the defining focus of every moment of her life. It just, it almost destroyed her marriage. It kept her from being productive. It kept her from moving on in her life. All she could think about was this idea that there was something wrong inside her head. And this is ironic because the problem was all in her head, as we say metaphorically, which means that there wasn't a real problem. There wasn't a, a physical tumor that was causing those symptoms. But, but she was convinced that there was something wrong in her head. So she spent the rest of her life being convinced that she was dying of something that she wasn't dying of. And ultimately in frustration because she was so stressed out and so convinced that everything was wrong and so focused on this problem that nobody else could figure out, she took her own life. This is tragic, right? It's, it's devastating because all of us can look at this and say, Tina, you're cured. You should be grateful. You should be happy. Your, your, your problems are actually solved. And yeah, you've got this leftover issue, but, but you're cured, Right. And her husband couldn't understand. It was causing stress in their marriage. It was, it was like, you want to be sick more than you want to be well. And I, and I counseled him, Rick, no, it's not that. She's just really convinced that there's something wrong. It's not that she wants to be sick. She just can't stop. She can't accept the fact that you can have life, but you also have to have pain. Because in her mind, she believed that if she was cured, the pain would be gone. And she could not accept the and talked that about that before like if you're focused on the butt like I was okay but but I got a tumor and now I have pain and I'm not okay anymore and I can never be okay again then that becomes the the beginning point of a downward spiral that will lead into you having a, a life that's not abundant because it's defined by something that you can't control that's unpleasant to you that defines you outside of who you really are but you if you can learn to pivot like Anthony did when he got the ability to close his eye back when, we, when his face was fixed and he could squeeze his eye shut again. He could stop looking at the pain and start looking at other stuff and smile when he felt like it. But Tina couldn't learn the, the and. We had to learn it after we lost Mitch because it, it was a real problem. It was a crossroads for me. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a happy guy, but I lost my son and now I can't be happy anymore. Or it could be a thing and not the thing. I was a happy guy. I lost my son. I was really sad. I'll always be sad, but I have many other things to live for. And and I can therefore find a way back to hope again. So you, you could find the and in place of all those buts, right? Tina couldn't find it and it cost her her life. Listen, there's going to be some situations in your life, friend, that you can't get rid of. You, you just have to say, God is telling me in this particular instance that I can't have that. There's a thing that I want that I can't have. And so in order to find abundant life again, like Jesus promised you, he came here for you to do in John 10, 10, in order for you to have abundant life, you're going to have to accept that there are some things that you can't have. There are some prayers that won't be answered the way you want them to. Timothy Keller, I think it's him. I, I'm going to quote this and it may or may not be Keller so if, if you know who said this quote and it's not Keller then please correct me comment on the episode and I'll fix it I think it was Timothy Keller that says God answers our prayers either by giving us what we want or by giving us what we would want if we knew everything that he knows now that'll sink in in a minute he'll either give you what you're asking for or he'll give you what you would ask for if you were as informed about your life as he is so for some reason, sometimes God finds it better 
to not answer what we're asking him for in the way that we think would make us happy because he knows more than we do. And this reminds me of Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 when Paul begs God to remove something. He says this, 12, 7, 2 Corinthians 12, 7, So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So listen, Paul, the Apostle Paul, the guy who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, had to accept pain as an ongoing part of his life. He had to accept whatever this thorn in the flesh was. He had to accept the and. Yes, I have this incredible life, and God is allowing me to write the New Testament, and, I'm, and I've been saved by grace, and I've been transformed, and he even gave me a new name, and I had to live with this thorn in the flesh. And he learned how to do that by embracing the fact that he could look at something bigger, Jesus and his unchanging promises and the, and the hope of eternal life and the hope of a resurrected body and all those things that go along with the faith that we have. He could look at that and focus on, he could turn his eyes upon Jesus and look away from the problem and towards the provider. That's one of those Christian platitudes that sounds crazy, but it's really true. You, if, you, if you have been given one of these things like Tina Tisdale's post-craniotomy syndrome, like my grandfather's phantom limb syndrome that, that punished him for his whole life after he had a leg amputated, he never stopped feeling pain in his foot, even though the foot wasn't there anymore. Phantom limb and post-craniotomy syndrome and all these things are reminders of the fact that we're in mortal bodies and we have some things that we can't fix. We have some pain. I've got lots of patients with diabetic peripheral neuropathy and they're burning and tingling in their feet and hands, their feet and hands, and and they always will. And they have to learn to live with that. It's just an ongoing part of life. So listen, friend. If you want to become healthier, feel better, and be happier, if you want to learn how to have an abundant life from John ten ten, in spite of the hard life of John sixteen thirty three, you're going to have to learn to accept some thorns, to accept some pains, to accept some ands, because there's some things you just can't have. And one thing you can't always have is a perfect answer, in your opinion, to the things that you're praying about. But you can know that your Father, your Creator, is giving you the perfect answer that He would give you if you knew everything that that He knows about what you're really asking. He's there. He's always working on your behalf. If you can turn your eyes from the problem towards him, that'll help you change your mind, and it'll help you change your life. Tina Tilsdale died because she was drowning in the butt. I was okay, but I got a brain tumor, and now I have pain, and I'm sure it's coming back, and nobody can figure it out, and I'm going to die of this thing, and all these doctors are idiots, and my husband doesn't understand, and my life is just ruined, and I'm just going to take myself out. That's what she did, and she could have instead pivoted to the end. And she could have said, I had this beautiful life and I've got a family and a husband who loves me and I had this problem and it turned out not to be cancer and the surgeons were able to cure me of it and I've got some residual pain and that it reminds me of the fact that I've been given this life again and I've got to, I've got to learn how to process that pain and hold on to everything else that I still have. She didn't understand. She couldn't accept the and and she couldn't accept the my grace is sufficient for you. But you can, friend, you can change your mind and you can change your life. You can learn to turn your eyes away from the problem and towards the provider. You can turn your eyes on Jesus. You can change your mind and learn how to make your brain work on your behalf 
even when it hurts. And my friend, the best news of all is that you can start today. Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day. Oh, so long. No light in the darkness you see There's light for a look at the Savior And life more abundant and free Turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full in His wonderful face And the things of earth will grow strangely dim In the light of His glory Through death into life everlasting He passed and we follow Him there Over us and no more have dominion For more than conquerors we are Great.